Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you biblical motivation and strategies, and you know what? And perspectives to help you get out there and get some stuff done for your King, King Jesus. That is, I'm telling you, friend, he wants you. He's after you. Come on, don't delay. Accept Jesus today. If you've never confessed him as Lord and your Savior, you need to do that right now. The Bible says anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mean it from your heart, friend, and believe every word you say, and something supernatural will take place. The Bible says you'll be born again. Hallelujah. And you'll join the ranks of the rest of us who are now in the kingdom. We're sons of the Most High, and he's training us up. He's raising us us up, and he's sending us out and forward to accomplish the will of Heavenly Father. It's the most grandest thing I've ever been a part of. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the podcast today. Um, I was kind of looking back, looking over some notes, and uh, a message that I did, oh, it's been a while now, but uh, a message that I did previously just really stood out to me. Uh, It may just be a reminder for myself, but I want to encourage you, and it's called Giants Are Bread for Us. Giants are bread for us. So that's what I want to talk about today. You know, and, and in every message, you know, I don't know if you're a churchgoer, friend, but if you go to church or, you know, if, if, if you go to wherever the saints gather, hallelujah, where the believers gather, the church, the ecclesia gathers, then uh, you, you need to know that that message from the Lord, that if it's from the Lord, that on the delivery of that word, there's something supernaturally that's going to be working with that message. You know, even the angels are dispatched. Uh, to work with the message, the timely message, the message that's specifically for those people inspired by Holy Ghost, then even angels are there to assist the message being uh, imparted and implanted into the hearts of the hearers. And if that's the case, then there is grace for that message, meaning that uh, whenever you hear a particular message from the Lord, there is a supernatural assistance that will cause you to become the message. Listen, the days are over where we're just going to go places and just hear a thing to be hearing a thing. That, that, that's no different than just anywhere else in the world, any kind of other entertainment or whatever, uh, any other kind of amusement. But uh, not you and I. No, uh, we're redeeming the time. And in order to do that, we're going to be in the right place at the right time with hearing ears. Come on, with hearing ears, receptive hearts, seeing eyes. And we're going to receive that message from the Lord. And there will be a supernatural empowerment for us to become that message. And that's exactly what we need in these days. Um, In a lot of ways, we've got some catching up to do, but that's what I'm saying. Romans talks about redeeming the time, hallelujah, because the days are evil. And we're not going to allow the the enemy to just snatch up all of our opportunities, uh, all the the mandates and the assignments to cut us off, to detour, detract, distract, whatever. We're going to redeem time. We're going to be right on the tip of the spear, right out there, right in the forefront. Come on, not behind, not delayed, and not rushing out ahead where we don't know, you know, where we're going. We're going to be right in step with Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, listen, 
Jesus is not going to postpone, supplant, or supersede you in these upcoming days and encounters that are ahead of us. John 17, 15 says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Jesus is talking to the Father here. He's telling the Father, listen, it's not necessary for them to be removed out of conflict or wrestling. Remember Ephesians 6? Um, it, it was talking about that we uh, wrestle. Well, that's the, uh, it's, it's a combat. It's a, it's, a, it's a hand-to-hand, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder uh, combat. Jesus is not asking the Father to take you out of that, to remove you from that. But rather, he said that you should keep them, uh, protect them, keep them safe from the evil one. Jesus, as the head of the church, listen, he's already encountered everything you and I will face in these upcoming days. Uh, Biblical mystery. What are our Bible mysteries? First of all, well, they are hidden things. But come on, they're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you until the time of their revelation or revealing. The time in which we you could bear the knowledge of the thing. Hallelujah. It's been reserved for you. But uh, here's a Bible mystery that the head goes first. The head always goes first. The head's the point, the object of honor. The body follows suit. That's the anointing on the body. It's the anointing on the head. That's a whole nother message, but let me give you this quickly. The head is anointed to do certain things. And when you see that anointing come on men and women, it's, it's not that the man or the woman is any better than anybody else. It's just there's an anointing for the head to have a particular role and function and an outworking. It's a grace. The body has a unique anointing, grace, an outworking, a function. Well, they they work together. They support one another. The Bible says this was a mystery. Christ the head, you and I as the body. What an honor. Hallelujah. If you can apply that to your situation, maybe to to an employer, employee, or husband, wife, or wherever the head body revelation is implemented, listen, consider it an honor and a high thing to yield to the grace in whatever position you are, depending on the situation. Hallelujah. But, you know, the head goes first, then the body comes after. 1 John 4, 7, it says, as he is, so are we in the world. Jesus said, it is my time now in my body. The body is now going the way of the head. Hallelujah. The head set the precedent, so now the body's following suit. The body is now the full demonstration of the Godhead in the earth. We are an end time, right on schedule, demonstration of the manifold wisdom of God. That's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Phenomenal passage. I mean, uh, all of Ephesians, what tremendous revelation. Oh, Father, we just thank you for it. Hallelujah. A um, couple things here, in in because I don't have time to cover everything. Um over the course of time, we'll cover several things. But in this podcast, let me give you a couple quick quick things. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You need to study this out. You need to be uh, very aware and acquainted with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And he starts out, he says, but know this. That phrasing, that Greek phrasing, know this, is the Greek word gnosko. And it's a present imperative tense. It means right now. He said, what you are about to hear is critical information. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, by way of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is locating us on the timeline. Um, the first time uh, that the prophetic word that in the last days was given, Joel prophesied it. And then uh, uh, in the book of Acts there, remember when the Spirit was poured out, uh, Peter got up and he quotes Joel. Why? Because that was the timing that marked the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Well, 
the last days is a period of time. It just so happens that this period of time is 2,000 years. And I know a lot of people get annoyed, they get frustrated, they get put out because they keep hearing ministers say, well, in the last days, well, we're living in a period of time, a time frame that is titled or called uh, or categorized by this phrase of last days. We're not talking about literal 24 hour periods. Last days is two, two days on God's calendar, all right, 7,000 years two days on, on that calendar made up of many 24-hour periods. But uh, in the book of Acts, the Lord confirmed that Joel's prophecy began. Now, by the time we get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, Holy Spirit's helping us locate ourselves in the timeline. Now, this eschatos, or last days, is locating that we are in the very last moments, the last few remaining moments of the time frame called last days. Hallelujah. So he's saying, listen, you need to you need to be aware because he's going to give you specific strategies on how to navigate these moments. These moments are different than the first moments. These days are different than the beginning of these days. The, the end of these days are different from the beginning. And uh, he says that there's some critical information that must be known, must be recognized. He said, know this, Gnosko, you've got to understand this. You've got to recognize it. You have to acknowledge it. He said this, in the last days last being eschatos days they'll be what it'll be earmarked or categorized by it being perilous perilous again the word last days um, is the greek word eschatos this word always points to the ultimate end of a thing such as the last month of the year or the last week of the month or the last day of the week or it would mean the very extreme end of an age we could say that eschatos does not merely describe last days in general. It depicts the very last of the last days. It was used in classical, uh, classical Greek literature to depict a place furthest away, such as the very end of the earth. It was also used as a nautical term to describe the last port or, an in, uh, the last port or intended destination on a map journey. It also describes something that is final so we've been, again, living in a period of time called the last day since Peter stood up in Acts. But here, again, Holy Spirit is saying, look, I'm going to give you a clue or I'm going to give you revelation knowledge that will help you locate uh, where you're at on this map journey. It will help you locate and realize that you're coming upon the last port or the final destination. All right. How are we going to know that? Well, he said it's going to be perilous. The word perilous comes from the Greek word kalipos, kalipos. It's a word that is used only two, two times in the entirety of the New Testament. Kalipos uh, was a word used to describe animals that are vicious, ferocious, fierce, unruly, uncontrollable, unpredictable, and even dangerous. In nearly every place where this word is used in secular literature of the ancient world, it depicts something um, that is harmful, or an environment besieged with high risk or danger. Hallelujah. The only other time that the word kalipos is used is in um, Matthew 8.28. So it's used once here in Timothy and once in Matthew. In Matthew 8.28, Matthew used this word to describe the two demon-possessed men that Jesus encountered. Let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, When he uh, was come to the other side, into the country of the Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce fierce is the uh, translated word kalipos right there 
So these two demon-possessed men were exceeding fierce. They were Kalipos, so that no man might pass that way. Listen, we've never been this way before, but we're going this way now. This phrase, exceeding fierce, used here in Matthew 8 is a translation of the Greek word kalipos. And because the word kalipos is used there to describe these two demon-possessed men, it most certainly, based on the law first mentioned, describes that they were vicious, ferocious, fierce, unruly, uncontrollable, unpredictable, and even dangerous. And so uh, being that kalipos was used there to describe these two men, when kalipos was used also to describe the time in which you and I are living into right now, we've entered into it. I don't know how far we are into it, and I don't know how far we've got left, but I'm telling you, you and I are in this perilous times. But because of the law of first mention, that word associated with demonic activity, it also gives us the understanding that these days in which you and I are living in will be um, marked with an increase of demonic activity. Uh, the point that I want to make is that Jesus, as the head, encountered Kalipos first. Now, you and I, as the body, are going the way of the head. You and I are on schedule for passing through Kalipos the same as Jesus. Jesus faced and defeated Kalipos. This is key. And he set the precedent for how the body is to now go this way. Kalipos, again, perilous, is marked with demonic activity that you and I personally have previously been unaware of. You will see things that may make you want to talk to yourself. Hallelujah. But don't talk to yourself. Talk to Holy Ghost. Get, get strategy. This time, or this eschatos, is exactly what Jesus was talking to Father about. Jesus said, I'm not praying that you remove them from having to face what's coming. No. Remember, in another place, Jesus said, I have sent you out like sheep among the wolves. You know, Jesus knows what he's doing. <laughs> and if you doubt that, you need to make that confession right now. Jesus, I believe you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing. You are the general of heaven's armies. You are a master planner. Hallelujah. You've got this thing worked out to a T. Hallelujah. Every jot and every tittle is not out of place. Praise the Lord. You know exactly what you're doing. Listen, if Jesus isn't praying that we are removed from facing crazy times, maybe even opposition and obstacles, then what is he praying? What is he praying? 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. What is Jesus praying? That you overcome. Here in 1 John 5, 4, he says, whatever. We can say whom, whomever is born of God overcomes. Hallelujah. Listen, there is something about who you are as a new creation in Christ, as a spirit being born of the word and of the spirit, who has Zoe life as your source of existence, that you and I haven't fully demonstrated yet, but we're coming into those days. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus isn't praying that you be removed from the press. No, he's praying that you demonstrate the overwhelming, super abounding, far above, name above all names, sword of the spirit death defying ruling dominating devil shaming power of god that is present on the inside of you listen somebody prophesied to our ministry to my wife and i personally recently and they said that you're anointed to shame the devil hallelujah you are anointed to shame the devil my friends take that anointing right now in the name of jesus come on the devil's going to try and 
put all kinds of garbage on you. He's going to try and shame you. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't take shame from him. No, no, no. We're anointed. <laughs> we are anointed to shame the devil. Listen, you'll know in these days that what was meant to shame you, cripple you, and take you down will actually be the very thing spun around on its head and used as a catalyst to awaken the God-sized giant on the inside of you. Something's happening in you right now, friend. You will no longer cry and moan about the Goliaths in your life. You will no longer cower in fear as shame spits in your face and defecates on your projects. <laughs> ah, I decree that from this day forward, listen, revelation is now working in you. When you hear that shriek, when you hear what used to be a bone-rattling, fear-inducing screech and howl of the, of the enemy mocking you and shaming you, when you hear that very utterance of death hurled at you, you will no longer be moved, but rather encouraged. Rather, you'll be strengthened. You will no longer be immobilized by the presence of opposition, but you will take courage from knowing that even your enemies are now testifying to your calling. Hallelujah. Oh, I can witness to that just even re recently. Hallelujah. Your enemies have even given themselves credence and acknowledged the very thing God told you to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, listen, I'm talking to those who are in the middle of God's plan. If you're over here playing and uh, in delusion, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to delusioned people. I'm talking to people who know their God, praise the Lord, and are paying the price to humble themselves and posture themselves to be able to move at whatever God says do. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to say this with me. Say, I will not murmur. I will not gripe. I will not complain. That should just be your general conversation or uh, our uh, uh, general confession right there. But listen, we will not complain about the opposition to the thing God has called us to do. Say, I will not be distracted and forget the greatness of the task and assignment he has called me to do. Hallelujah. All right, if you got your Bibles handy digitally or you got your paperback, Numbers 13 Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Classic. And the Lord said to Moses, send men to explore and scout out. Send men to explore and scout out. Send men to explore and scout out. Listen, the last couple years has tried to completely shut down um, our research and development. But I'm decreeing right now in the name of Jesus that for me, my household, and our ministry that research and development, come on, is going to be back in full production in the name of Jesus. He said, explore and scout out the land of Canaan, which I give you, which I give. Go scout out and explore the land I'm giving you. I, in fact, he said, I, I give it, which I give. I have given it. <laughs> go explore and scout, scout it out. Hallelujah. What has God given you? Get up and go explore and scout it out. Something of note here that God gave them something before they had even taken possession of it. They hadn't even seen it. But in the plan, Father had already assigned the right to possess this land to his covenant people. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Uh, let me read this to you. You know, there, there's lots of things that God has already given to you. Uh, God may have already given you a ministry. God may have already given you a house. Uh, somebody might be living in it, but God has already assigned the right to possess it over to you. You know, some something we say in our ministry here is we're getting our lands, come on, our houses. Uh, we're getting our equipment, our vehicles, our buildings. Hallelujah. We're getting the resources that we need to accomplish what God's called us to do. He's already given it to us. Some, somebody else may, may be on it. Somebody else may be using it right now, but God's already assigned the rights to it, to us, the rights to possess it. He's already given that to us. We're getting our land. More land is coming to our ministry in the name of Jesus. May, maybe God's already given you a business. Maybe God has already arranged for you to take possession of a business that somebody else has already started. Hallelujah. Now, this is where a lot of people say, well, isn't that covetousness? No, it's called redeeming the time. Listen to this. God will use the time of others, the time of sinners, to redeem your time. See, you are not of this world, friend. Hallelujah. You have been uh, raised with the head and seated in the heavenlies in Christ next to the Father. God will use the time of others. He'll use the time of sinners to redeem your time. Your time means more than theirs. The time of the wicked is squandered on self and pleasure. They mock God with no regard to times and seasons. Our time is an assignment. Hallelujah. Look at Numbers 13, verse 2. He said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted uh, the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Hallelujah. Let's move on this and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. <laughs> oh, can you just hear that molly grubbing in their voice? Just this, oh, we're so pathetic. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it, they are men of great stature. There we saw giants, oh no. The descendants of Anak, who came from the giants. And he said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Listen, that, what, that's such garbage. Notice what's being said here. He, he said this. He said, not only were we grasshoppers in our sight, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. You don't know how they see you. Listen, they projected something that wasn't even true. Stop doing that. Listen, that's, 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 that's trash. Now, the reason why they projected is because they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Really, that's, part of, that's really where the problem began right there. Notice Caleb said, man, we're able to take this, but these other people, I mean, two out of 12, there was 10 other people who had a bad report. My goodness. Numbers 14, look at this, verse six. But Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Verse seven, and they spoke to the congregation of the, of, uh, uh, the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, "The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land, and if the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Listen to this. Why? For they are our bread." 
Oh, hallelujah. Don't fear these giants. Listen, God's able, man. You know, get these giants, get these giants rightly um, defined in your mind and in your spirit. Listen, they aren't some uh, impassable or immovable object. No, they're bread. It's food. That's, that's our lunch over there. That's our breakfast. Come on. God's given us this land. Let's eat. Man, what an interesting mystery in the scriptures of uh, what actually feeds and strengthens and nourishes someone who's genuinely postured and working for the Lord. Remember Elijah say, and the angel that came and made him angel food cake. What did the angel say? This food will sustain you for what's ahead. What about Jesus? Uh, remember when he said that he had food, food that the other disciples didn't understand, a type of food, come on, that was sustaining for him in his mandate. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, friend. In this time, come on, in this eschatos, during Kalipos, your opposition is to be your nourishment. Listen, taking out giants is our bread. Opposition is no longer our problem. It is our strengthening. Giants are no longer an obstacle. It's a meal for you and I. There was a lady, a great lady, and uh, man, I just pray that the Lord just use her testimony and her legacy again in these days. But um, her name was uh, Lillian B. Yeomans, and she was a general in the faith in her own right. Uh, she was a medical doctor before going to work for Amy Simple McPherson. Uh, she taught in uh, Amy's Bible school, and of course she traveled and she ministered with other great men and women of faith as well. She had tremendous revelation knowledge on divine healing. Uh, Lester Sumrall uh, even wrote about her in his book titled Pioneers of Faith. One day during a lecture on healing, someone knew that uh, she practiced medicine for several years. Well, they asked her if she had a particular recommended diet that she believed in. She said, as a matter of fact, yes, I do. Listen, listen to what she said. She said, I believe in a diet of giants. Just devour each one that comes your way and become spiritually stalwart. <laughs> listen, uh, Joshua and Caleb, didn't, they didn't ignore the giants. They acknowledged the presence of the giants but rather than seeing their undoing and defeat because of the giants, they saw the giants as something completely different. Listen, doubters see opposition as their undoing and downfall. Overcomers see opposition as bread. It's what we eat in this season, friend. Taking out giants and increasing and getting fat. Come on, getting anointed, growing in the anointing on the spoils of God's promises. That's what you and I are doing. We see giants as our strengthening, not our undoing. Hallelujah. Come on, if you'll see it like uh, uh, David did, you'll see taking out Goliath as your pathway to promotion. Hallelujah. In this season, if you don't jump at the opportunity to take the head off of a giant that has positioned himself in your way, you'll soon become emaciated. You starve yourself to death, spiritual death. Say this, the devil isn't going to starve me out. No. Say, I am a giant eater. 
Say, I am becoming masterful at eating up my opposition. Hallelujah. Now, listen, before they messed up our food, like our, you know, our literal food, uh, for many people, bread during a meal was a staple. Uh, still, some restaurants have complimentary bread that they will bring to the table. Taking on and taking out giants has no longer become a staple action for most believers. They would rather believe for a car or new shoes rather than use their faith to take out an oppressive spirit dominating over a region and absolutely destroying the lives of people in that area. Now, listen, I'm believing for a car myself. So, you know, still get the car, get the shoes. The point that I'm trying to make is in this season, listen, if you and I don't jump at the opportunity to take the head off of a giant that has postured or positioned himself in our way, we'll soon become emaciated. Giants are to be put back on the table for the believer, not for our undoing, but for our spiritual diet and our spiritual fitness. Somebody will say, why aren't you looking a little bit too thin? You've not been eating your giants, have you? <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. You know, I heard a minister say this about dealing with uh, giants. And, um, you know, it made me think about um, uh, different times that I've been at a, been at a particular restaurant uh, and we used to have this one in the town in which I live. Now it's closed down. It closed down during the you know, last couple of years. And, um, but, but they, they would always bring out these rolls, these fresh, I mean, hot rolls. They were always fresh. So it was kind of like one of the, one of their things. Right. And they would bring out these hot, fresh rolls. Well, I'm telling you, man, you, you open up that roll, you put a big slab of that honey butter in there and then put some honey on top of it, man, that butter melts. Oh, it was good. Uh, you know, I really didn't need to be eating that much bread, but, but you get the point. It was like, wow, these are, these are hot, fresh out of the oven. The butter's melting, just tasty and soft. You know, as, as bread kind of cools, it hardens. I don't like that. I don't like hard bread. I like really soft bread. Um, so man, they, they, they were, they were the best being fresh and hot. Well, I heard this minister say, um, you know, in reference to giants and different things, they said this that the hotter, the madder, and the more enraged your enemy is, the better they taste. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, take that devil. Oh, take that devil. Hallelujah, say this with me. Say, I am renewing my mind to the proper diet for a born-again son of the king, born of the word and of the spirit. Hallelujah. Say, I used to fear opposition, but in this season, I'll be nourished by it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and nobody's going around, nobody's saying go around and look for a fight. Listen, friend, you don't have to look for it. There's already a fight out there. There is an antichrist agenda trying to stop God's plans. You don't have to go looking for a fight. You just need to get in the middle of what God's doing. And I'm telling you, you're going to run into uh, Kalipos. Listen, because Jesus had to go that way. Kalipos is going to try and stop the church from going the way we're supposed to go. You say, well, I've never been this way before. But listen, you're going this way now. But take courage, friends. Jesus as the head, he's already gone ahead. He's already faced Kalipos, and he set the precedent.
for how you and I are to deal with and to press through so we can go the way that we need to go. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you for it. Here's a true story. There was this little country that bordered a larger country. The details of the story have uh, uh, been removed so this can remain anonymous. But this is a true story. There was a little country that bordered a larger country. One day, the larger country decided that it was going to overtake this little country. The little country got word uh, of what might possibly be about to happen. And so they began to pray uh, to, to prepare and make themselves ready. After some time, they positioned themselves for war and were unconcerned because a couple of reasons. Number one, they trusted their generals and they had fortified their borders and said that, quote, their people were ready to face the enemy. Well, sure enough, the larger country began to storm this little country. At one point during the war, it was recorded that a soldier from the little country asked one of his commanding officers, and this is what he said. He said, our country is so small and there are so many of them. Where are we going to bury all of them? <laughs> True story. And that little country was not defeated. Listen, there was something on the inside of them. They didn't see themselves as little grasshoppers. They saw themselves as overcomers. We got to change our mindset, friends. Giants are not to be feared. Giants are not to be feared. Giants are to be fuel. Don't fear giants. Refuel on them. Let me leave you with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Because some people don't like this kind of message. You know what I mean? And trust me, I'm not believing for any opposition. Um, uh, you know, there is, um, it's not the most fun thing that I've ever done. But part of that is renewing my mind to who I am in Christ Jesus. And to not come under, come on, we're, you know, when you face an obstacle because you are in him, you're not trying to give victory. You're actually approaching the opposition from the standpoint of victory. And he said, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Just like little David, right? I uh, picked up those five stones. You've got to know that grace is with you. Grace is upon you. Grace is going to empower you. And uh, the Lord will give you the strategy you need to face and overcome whatever giant is standing in your way. Listen, don't allow the giant to just sit there and hurl his profanities at you. Listen, you're, you're going to have to uh, get your wits about yourself. You're going to have to come to the point where you know that in him, with the help of Holy Spirit, with the power and the grace and the anointing that's upon you, you can face and overcome any obstacle. You must come to that truth. God's saying, I'm giving you this land given you the promised land. But just like Jesus says, he walked out his mandate and his mission, you're going to have to come across areas where the enemy is going to try and put a roadblock up. What are you going to do? Listen, there is no detour, friend. You're, you have to go that way. You're going to have to go that way. There are no detours. And in this sense, there's not a plan B or a plan C. You're going to have to face and overcome the enemies that are trying to set them up in opposition to you fulfilling your race, running your race and uh, fulfilling your calling and mandate. And so I get it. A lot of people don't like this kind of message. They don't, you know, they just want to talk about, you know, how everything is, you know, rosy and peachy and uh, 
money and prosperity and vacations and clothes and stuff. Okay, well, you know what? We're 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 going to enjoy spoils of war, but um, uh, but you have to know that Ephesians chapter six, listen, was written to the church, and he said you're going to have to suit up. You're going to have to put your armor on because what you're about to face, the wrestling, the the uh, pele, the uh, the hand to hand combat. Uh, you're going to have to get prepared for it. But listen, it's not a preparation. And then this fear that you're going to lose, it's a preparation because you're going to storm through it in his power. You're, he is going to help you overcome and win. Hallelujah. And you're going to see the arm of the Lord revealed. Um, he's not necessarily orchestrating opposition. He, he doesn't have to because Antichrist Dude, as long as, as Satan is still, uh, uh, his lease is still out here and he's able to move and roam and uh, do stupid stuff from the second heaven, uh, God is not having to orchestrate opposition for you. Okay, listen, that's garbage. He wouldn't have done that if, if he had the opportunity to. Why? I mean, that's ridiculous. But because of the way things are arranged, the legal arrangement right now, uh, there is just opposition to Father's plans. But man, through the church, he is going to demonstrate something through you and I. Praise God. We just can't have the same, oh, woe is me, pity party, we're so stupid, we're such a worm, that the 10 guys had. We need to rise up like Joshua and Caleb. Praise the Lord. All right, look at this, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Let me help you with this scripture, okay? This, this was Paul speaking to the born-again believer, born of the Spirit and of the Word. Come on, Zoe, life is on the inside of you. He's speaking to you. Holy Spirit is telling you this. He said, for a wide door, a great door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. But notice what he said. But yet there is many adversaries. Adversaries to what? To Father's will. But listen, Father doesn't care. He's opening up. He's saying, go this way. This is the way you must go regardless of if, if there is adversaries or opposition on the way. Jesus had to go the way of the uh, Gadarenes. He faced Kalipos. Not a big deal. You'll know how to deal with it. You'll deal with it in the spirit and power. Come on, of Christ Jesus. You'll, you'll deal with it uh, with the word. You'll deal with it with the help of the Holy Spirit. You'll deal with it with the help of an increase in the spirit of seeing and knowing. Uh, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You're going to know how to deal with these things. Listen, you were born for such a time as this. You have to trade in your coward card, though. Come on, for a bold and courageous one. Giants stand the block, the doorway into more, into increase, into promotion. But listen, God has revealed to us that our next, our transition, our new, our place of effectual service unto him, which is associated with the fulfillment of our destiny. He says, look, if you're going to be found faithful and finish your assignment in this next season, you'll first have to eat the thing that stands to block you from entering it. Again, here's the mystery. Like Elijah, God is saying, if you don't or won't eat this thing, you'll never walk into the thing I have for you because until you take out the thing in the doorway, what's into and beyond in the, higher, in the higher realms will be too much for you. So go on ahead, friend. Go after this blockage before you. Eat it 
and be strengthened. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And listen, there's a grace for you for this very message right now. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. And remember, in this season, giants will be your nourishment. Hey, friend, if we can help you in any way, it would be our honor. One thing for sure we can do for you is we can partner with you in prayer. Call us 870-741-9099. That's 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. But um, if we can stand with you in prayer, we would love to do that. I want to give a big shout out to all of our partners, our friends, people who support this uh, ministry, this particular ministry or the various ministries associated with it. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I remember what Paul was saying. He said, you know, it's not the gift that I'm seeking from you. He said, but the fruit that will abound to your account. Two ways, friend, I'm inviting you to participate w- with us. Number one is your prayers. We covet your prayers. We, we need your prayers. James chapter five says that when you pray, come on, p- tremendous power is made available. And we need that so that this podcast will go where it needs to go. It will uh, wind up in the right places where people can be strengthened and encouraged. The other way is you can financially partner uh, with the uh, podcast or any of our ministries associated with it. Just seek the Lord and ask him what you are to do. But friend, I thank you in advance for being here and being a part of the podcast. Hey, listen, until next time, be blessed.